Hey, what's up, everyone? <coughs> oh boy, you gotta you gotta cough right in the microphone. And you know what? <clears throat> I could probably start it over. I could probably do this again, but I'm not because it's, it's too real, man. <laughs> gotta keep it real. Um, actually, <clears throat> I mean, you know, that cough is from me. Um, probably just feeling the wrath of smoking cigarettes once again and i've decided to stop um and uh you know i went for a run today and it's just like i don't know if any of you guys can relate to this i'm sure you probably can but it's like that two steps forward three steps back sort of thing you know it's just continually happening and um I've been good. I've been good. I quit smoking for like four years, and then <clears throat> I was like doing really good. I was like running, and I was meditating every day. I was doing Wim Hof breathing exercises. I was really just like nailing it. I was doing in- intermittent fasting. I had my whole game plan situated, and then I don't know. I kind of like maybe pushed myself a little too far. Like I was. I started running and and I was like, "Hey, I'm really good. Like I'm I'm feeling good. Like I can do this, you know." In like typical me fashion, I just like overextended myself. And instead, I you know, I went, I jumped up from like starting off running, I was doing like 1 to 2 miles, and then the next week I was doing, you know, 3, 4 miles. And I'm like, "You know what? I feel really good. Like I could just keep going, you know, like I'm getting the runners high, like I'm feeling good." And I just jol- jolted up to like 7 miles in like 3 weeks. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, it's like so typical Mike Brancatelli to do that. It's just to be like, yeah, 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 I got this, you know, ego in the driver's seat. Like, I got this, I get it, I can, I can do it, let's, let's just, let's push it to the limit. And, and I hurt myself, and I hurt myself, and I couldn't run, and I was kind of depressed. And I was working this job that, like, you know, I didn't really particularly care for. And so I'm like. And everybody there smoked, and they would go out on smoke breaks. <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, well, I'll have you know, I'll have one once in a while until, like, when I'm at the office. You know, the, if you're a smoker, you can relate to this because it's like, or whatever. If you have like a bad habit that you do, you you always kind of rationalize it to yourself, like, all right, I'm just gonna have one just now, or I'm just gonna do this one thing now. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any more. It's not gonna be later on. I'm not gonna buy a pack. You know. I'm only going to do this for a temporary period of time, and then I'm going to stop because, hey, I've quit in the past. I could quit again. It's no problem, right? I can't run, so you know, I guess I'm just going to have to do this. Plus, everybody here at the office smokes. It's a good thing. You get outside, so being social, blah 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 blah. All this like bullshit that you can rationalize to yourself. <clears throat> um. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like as soon as I let a little a little thing in that's that's a negative bad habit that I've had like a a pattern with in the past, it creeps in and it just takes over and so <coughs> now my lungs are getting getting fresh air in there again and and we're getting we're getting back on track and um it's actually good timing because uh, today's guest, I mean, this is what it's all about. This is what today's guest is all about. He's uh, a YouTuber 
who um, you know kind of rose to popularity recently, um, starting a channel called Sorting Myself Out. And he says his, his channel is dedicated to putting the lessons from Jordan B. Peterson into action. Uh, every week he ups, uploads videos of himself uh, vlogging like his attempt to sort out his life. And as Jordan Peterson says, clean your damn room, you know. And uh, I know Jordan Peterson has been a, a big inspiration uh, in my life. And I know probably a lot of other people uh, listening. You know, I don't agree with necessarily everything that he has to say, but I think he's a much needed voice, a very intelligent person, and I really like his biblical lectures. He has a, a podcast, the Jordan B. Peterson podcast, and I think they're available on YouTube as well. Of course, they're available on YouTube. And um, he really he goes into depth um, analyzing the, the biblical stories from Genesis to, I think, the last... I forget what the last one was, but there's like they're very very good. If you're if you're into philosophy and psychology and mythology and um spirituality and religion and those sorts of, and just understanding self-improvement as well. I mean, that's a big message in a lot of his talks because it's like look, like what can we learn from these stories? Like these stories were written and they're great stories, but what can we extract out of them to try and, you know, put into our lives, into this world, and, and learn from, and, and, you know, what, what, what can we gain of value of that? And so he's a great interpreter and a dissector and an analyzer of those things, and I just love listening to the guy. I find him endlessly fascinating. And so what Andrew did was he basically was inspired to, you know, to... By, by Jordan Peterson, and to, he wanted to take action. And um, it was pretty cool. I don't know how I found him. I mean, just on YouTube, I guess. And, and I found him and uh, sorting myself out. And, he, you know, he's, he's vlogging his experience. And it, it, we, we'll, we'll, we talk about this in the show. I, th- I think it was a really great conversation. But it's really nice to see somebody making an effort, like bringing us along for the journey, you know. And, I, and, and there's so many times that I read, like, I read self-help books or I read, you know, all kinds of like people, I don't know, Tony Robbins, for example, right? Like, here's the answer. This is what you need to do. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, fine. But you already have it all figured out. You know, sometimes it's nice to hear from somebody who's actually making an attempt to figure it out and bringing you along for a window into their world like uh, like today's guest Andrew is doing. Because sometimes it could feel a little unrelatable, I guess, you know? Um, you know, you're, you're looking at these people who are telling you like, you know, the seven ways that you can turn your life around and the five minute step to the blah, 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 and the miracle morning. And it's like, you know what, maybe it's sometimes it's good to hear from people who are trying and failing and they're bringing you along on the journey to be like, look, Hey, we're all human. We all are trying to improve ourselves in some way or another. Right. I don't know. I I think it would be kind of interesting to just is there anybody out there who just doesn't give a fuck about improving themselves? Because I kind of like almost admire that. You're just kind of like, hey, I am what I am. I want what I want. I do what I do. I don't give a shit. I'm happy. Who cares? But I know that I know that I'm not like that. You know, it's like I, I, I have these these things, these kinds of higher goals that I want, but it's difficult for me to 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 break through the resistance that it takes to get to achieving those things because I'm lazy, I procrastinate, you know, it's, and it's just, it's a challenge for me. You know, I get, I, I'm easy to snap to anger. 
there's a guy that's that's been blowing leaves off of his driveway. I'm at my parents' house upstate, and um, he's been blowing leaves for the past like six hours, and he's been doing it for like three days in a row. And I just every thing in my body just wants to go over there and like wring his neck, and, and you know, just like Jesus, man, like take a break, like. All you hear is just like, and I, it just, stuff like that drives me nuts. Like um, Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr used to say like, you know, it's it's the little things, dude. You know, the little things just make me want to fucking kill myself. You know, it's not like big things. It's little things. Like, you know, I stub my toe. I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to end it all. <laughs> not, a, not a great Bill Burr impression, but... You know, dude. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, I, I, I definitely... So it's like... There's so much work that needs to be done, uh, I think, you know, I mean, it, at least for me. So anyway, so, so I'm, I'm really impressed when I see people who are out there doing the work and, and trying to make things happen because I know how hard it is. I know how much of a struggle it is. It's not easy. Any of these assholes that tell you that tells you that it's easy, the five steps to improve, you know, five steps to lose five pounds in five weeks or whatever the fuck. I don't know, you know, something like that, something stupid like that. You know, it's it's not easy. It is hard. It does require sacrifice. And the temptations are real. Um, I guess real quick, I'll just talk about, so I follow this account on Instagram, and I, I think I'm going to have this guy on the podcast. He, his account goes by Float Universe, and he's, he's all about promoting, like, flotation tanks and, you know, psychedelics and spirituality and whatnot. And recently, I was, I was coming across him talking about something called no fapping. And that's, I mean, basically, it just means, like, no jerking off, no masturbation. That's, and that's, like, been a thing that I've seen on the internet for like some time now, you know, I think on like Reddit and some threads like that, some people talking about it. And I don't know, I think there's some people that kind of like get really like serious, religious about it and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily take it to that degree. But but I do know that there there definitely is like a great power and kind of like self restraint and like discipline. Um, and, it, and especially when it comes to things like instant gratification, instant self-gratification, instant like hedonic pleasure. I mean, because we can have those things at the push of a, our entire lot, modern day lives are made to be like, not, you know, try, to try not to inconvenience any of us, right? It's like, bored? Well, there's a thousand shows that you could watch on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. You know, don't want to go to the store? We have a thousand options to have things delivered right to your doorstep. Never have to lift a finger again. Like, everything is made for efficiency, efficiency and and, and immediate gratification. But it's like, there's there's something really empty in in that you know you it, it's 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 like fast food calories it's just like it, it's not it's not nourishing to the soul to the human spirit at least I find it to to be that way and but it's so it's so it's so seductive it's so luring because it's it kind of is what we're programmed to want we're programmed to want like salt fat sugar you know. Um, gratifying things like we're programmed to want those things um but and you know and i and i and anyway i'm not going to go on too much further because we talk about these things in this podcast i i think this is a great conversation andrew's a great guy you know he's um he's got a great youtube channel 
and um, he's uh, he's really taken these lessons that he's that he's been learning from Jordan Peterson and you know of course other people, and and trying to sort himself out and and um, you know get out get on track and and be the best version of him. And I think if he's being the best version of him, that's inspiring. You know, it's inspiring to see somebody doing that because, you know, it's like the people that are watching his channel, they, they're, they're going to want to live up and, and rise to the, to the challenge as well. You know, I think when, whenever you see somebody that's like, that's really putting forth the effort and doing something, um, to me, it, it, it kind of, it, it, it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. And it also says like, well, yeah, I mean, like if that person can do it, then I can do it, you know? Um, because, because it it could be tough, you know what I mean? You could be you could be in a family where, you know, people just they they don't they're not down with like what you're down with. They're not into they don't it's they're just not existing in the same universe as you. They don't know about meditation or spirituality or like eating a plant-based diet or, you know, the benefits of breathing or running or whatever they just they're just it's not in their wheelhouse you know they're just in a different reality they're just doing different things so maybe you can't find the support or maybe you're not in that environment that's like you know conducive to you being the best that you can be so it's cool that we have these online kind of communities now you know and um and there's people out there that are doing it so anyway without further ado oh uh with one more thing i think for so usually i play like you know, the intro music that I have on the show. And uh, I really like it. I put it together. I made it myself. And I, I think it's cool because it kind of expresses like what the show is about, what I believe in and stuff. And and I love that Muse jam. Um, but I don't know. My I, So I submitted my podcast to Spotify and we're on. So we're going to be on Spotify. So that's pretty cool because Spotify is like a huge fucking platform. And um but I think they have like some kind of deal with like you can't have any sort of like music that's you know it has to be totally like royalty free you know no copyright infringement sort of thing so for this podcast i'm just gonna play some fucking random track whatever who gives a shit the conversation is is what's important and um thank you guys so much for listening if you like the show if you enjoy the show please go on to itunes leave us a five-star rating and review holy shit we got 71 five-star ratings and reviews on itunes it really makes me feel super happy and warm and gooey inside when you guys leave those positive reviews. I love them. And if you want to help the podcast out a little further, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. That's M-I-K-E-B-R-A-N-C. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month, like three cents a day. And you can help, you can help little Mikeadelic Studios here grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. All right, 15 minutes for this fucking intro. I appreciate uh, you guys listening to this, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Andrew uh, of Sorting Myself Out YouTube channel. Peace. I mean, I, 
guess that's where we should start probably is just like you know i applaud you for your for your courage and your bravery to kind of like start a youtube channel and just come out there put your face in front of the camera and say hey this is me this is what i'm going through uh you know and i'm learning to do this stuff obviously from our you know our virtual father jordan peterson <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know who who's who's you know kind of really taken it upon himself to teach a lot of uh, a lot of people the the proper way to kind of live and have a life and you know so i commend you for that for doing that it's it, it's not easy to do so uh congrats on on you know getting out there and and trying to um you know sort yourself out and make it public to everybody yeah thanks mike i i appreciate it i have well I, I have another youtube channel that that's the first one i started with just for i think i made some highlight rugby videos and they got some good views and then I made some Tongan language videos and I also I, I made this joke video um, where I was showing the differences between Tongans and Samoans and it on YouTube I don't know it maybe had 150,000 views something like that but it got shared on Facebook and got close to a million views so I thought oh okay maybe I can it started, so this channel that I have, it started with, uh, I made a, a parody video of Jordan Peterson called Jordan Peterson on cocaine. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I never saw that. Oh, okay. Well, you should. You oh, should okay. I got to check that out. Okay, cool. So yeah, like at first the channel was called Porden B. Jeterson. And I, <laughs> I remember I, I released it on April Fool's Day and I, I didn't really have a plan to make any of these types of videos. And then. I, I just thought about doing it, like trying to just show I wanted to get in good shape and I thought about making some weight loss videos. But then I thought, oh, well, what if I really tried to include all this other stuff? And I guess part of me thought like, oh, well, when so when my first video I made that got popular, I thought, oh, like, what would it be? I just tried to think, like, what would that be like if you were this YouTuber person? And I just saw that for a lot of YouTubers stuff from their past crept up on them. So I just had this idea of just putting everything out there so that that wouldn't have to happen with me. Right, yeah, that's like preemptive strike. Yeah, you see, you can see it now in Hollywood. Look at all this stuff that's coming out with people. Right, yeah, it's, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we live in, I guess, like an age of transparency now where it's, you can't really get away with like doing um, doing stuff and hiding it or whatever. It's people, you know, people will find out or expose you or something. So, yeah. Um, what I got to check that video. That sounds hilarious. Were you doing an, like an impression of of him or? No, I I took one of his lectures, not from this most recent year before, and I I was just listening to it. I was going through his lectures, just trying to learn from them. And this one, he just had a few different things that he said that sounded really funny. And yeah. so I thought, oh, okay. I'll, and I just cut them together in a certain way that it, it comes out pretty comical. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, um, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a lot of like mannerisms and stuff that uh, like I notice. I watch a lot of his stuff. I mean, he's like a big inspiration. Sorry, this thing is like creeping up on me over here. I'm one of my... Um... <laughs> one second, sorry. <laughs> Right, that should be better. Um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of me- like. I noticed that when he gets really excited when he's talking, he'll be like, he'll be like, you know, 
He like does this yeah. this a lot. He's like, God, I, you know, I, I I bloody can't figure it out. You know, <laughs> like I've been wrestling that, with this idea. <laughs> that Mike, that was a horrible Canadian. <laughs> I know, I'm you really bad. A- anytime I do a Canadian, like people always have like a goofy way of like in the in the states, like making fun of Canadians or whatever. It's, oh, how about that? Da da da. You know, but you know, I find Canadian people to be pleasant, and I got nothing bad to say about Canadian people. You know, I, n- I never understood that. I never understood hearing Americans say, oh, Canadians are so nice. And then I went to New York City for the first time. And I realized, oh, just by comparison, Canadians are really nice to, to a lot of, not all New Yorkers, obviously, but wow, what a different world. Yeah, New York City. I mean, that's where I'm at. New York City is a, uh, a beast. Really, it's a crazy place. So you were talking about uh, I th- I've heard you talk about um, living in Tonga, right? Uh, and then you were talking about making those videos. So when when was that? What when where when did that take place? I was the first time I went there was two thousand eight. So it started off in two thousand seven. I I went to Australia in northern New South Wales to play rugby. Okay. And before that, I had never even heard of Tonga. Like a lot of North Americans happened. Um, so, but on my rugby team, there was, I think, maybe four players that were from Tonga that came over to play. And then at the end of our rugby season, we, we went on a trip there. And I just, I just fell in love with the place. And then say, I, I played another couple seasons in New Zealand. And same thing, there was a lot of players there from uh from tonga they have that famous team the the all blacks right is that the one in new zealand where they they do that dance or whatever is that is that what i'm thinking of is that the rugby team there yeah the national rugby union team of new zealand are are called the all blacks and they do a haka which a lot of people call it a day i wouldn't say it's a dance it's more of a a, 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 i guess you could call it a dance but don't say that in front of them that might might offend them Okay, it's cool yeah. to see, I don't want to yeah, offend any I, rugby players. Yeah, I've I've seen it in person, and it it's the most intimidating thing I've I've ever seen. It oh, it's incredible because yeah. when they do this, they really believe that they're they're drawing in the spirit of their ancestors, right? And just the emotion that you can feel it's it's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely a lot of uh, powerful stuff going on there. Um, so yeah, so so then you went there. You went there for rugby. Did you wind up like um, staying there, or or w- did you come home after like a short period? Like how long was your time spent there? So yeah, I was in Australia for a couple of years. The first time I went to Tonga was just for maybe two weeks. Just oh, for okay, a, but then you went back. Yeah. So when I was after that, I went back to Canada. And I remember when I was leaving Tonga, I just, I told myself, I knew I wanted to go back. I I remember looking up in the night sky and swearing that I would go back. And like with, so for my parents, they had for years been looking to move from that part of Canada, just the long, cold, hard winters there. Which part of Canada is it again? So in Ontario, that's the problem. Ontario, so I had suggested uh, Tonga to them. We were looking at some different businesses that were for sale there. And so we went. We all went together to get this bar, this bar and restaurant. And it, it wasn't for them. They stayed for two weeks. I didn't, I didn't want to go back. So I, I ended up uh, 
just wanting to stay there. I'd made some friends and ended up staying there for six months. Nice. Yeah. What, what, so what was it about Tonga that really drew you in? I feel growing up in Canada, I, I felt a lot of pressure that there's something you have to become, that you go to school for a purpose, that grade school is going to lead you to high school, then high school is and you, you go to university and you, you've, you get to that, you're there for a purpose to pick something that's going to lead you for the rest of your life. And growing up in my small town, uh, the Honda plant of Canada was in my hometown. So a lot of the jobs were to supply that factory. So most people were in automotive or, or factory type work. I had done that for uh, summer jobs in school. And it just seemed to me that like most, for most people, not all people, but most people you have these jobs of doing something that you don't really want to do. It's something you have to do in order to get money to pay for your car. Then you use your car to drive between your work and your home and your home is just somewhere you sleep. I just saw this cycle of something I, I didn't want to do where in Tonga there's not really, there's not jobs. There's a few jobs in the tour, tourism industry. So I remember before I went, I was asking my Tongan friends like, Oh, what do you guys do for work back home? And they said, we don't work. And I said, well, how do you pay for it? Like, how do you buy your food? Well, we just, we grow our food, we go fishing, we build our own houses. So that was part of it. And just the, the friendliness where, Tonga is also known as the Friendly Islands. That's what it was called by Captain Cook when he discovered it. Um, and that just a part of their culture by not having these jobs, there doesn't seem to be as much of a, of a rank based off of what you do, that there's more of an equality in respecting people for, for who they are. We're here. One of the first things you ask someone when you meet them is, is what, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So that's just part of it, that they had this old culture where people seem to know each other and there's more of of being in touch with the land and just living day-to-day life and not worrying about becoming something and comparing yourself to others. Right, yeah, no, I mean, that is very very appealing. I, I've, uh, I've traveled a little bit. I spent, uh, four months in Southeast Asia and Thailand and, uh, Laos and Vietnam. And, um, yeah, I mean, the way of life is just completely different. You know, the, the value structures of the society, you know, it's, it's over there. People are much more like integrated with their family. You know, you see people kind of like living together as one big family unit or, or you yeah. know, if it's like the, the mother, the father, and then the kids, and then like, you know, maybe the, the grandmother lives there as well, or the aunt and uncle live next door or something. And yeah, it's, it, 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 it's definitely very, very appealing. I mean, it, you know, it's, um, it could, it could sometimes feel pretty like maddening to keep up in the society that we have here you know there's demanding and pressure to kind of achieve something like you said you know it's like as soon as we're born we're just like on this like treadmill to like you know step one step two step three and you just like kind of keep going i know so many people that just like follow that path and they you know they don't necessarily seem like happy or like they really want to do what they're doing they're just kind of doing it because they've always been doing that um, so yeah, sometimes you need to just kind of like back out a little bit and, and take a, take, take some perspective or, or like what you're doing is like, you know, taking, taking yourself in, in, into, into account and saying like, you know, improving yourself to try and maybe have more clarity of vision. Is that, is that kind of like maybe 
so getting to getting to you posting like these videos were uh, called sorting sorting myself out inspired by the teachings of Jordan Peterson. So talk to me about that like what how did you kind of come about his teachings and and I mean I could imagine you probably just found him on YouTube or something, right? Yeah, I first saw him on a, a Joe Rogan podcast. And before that for years I had been trying in a, in a way to sort myself out. I'd, right. I'd gone through so many different like listening to Alan Watts J.D. Krishnamurti, Robert Anton Wilson, learning about neuro-linguistic programming. Because w when I was in Tonga, I, t I talk about it in my channel, I, I actually got married when I was there. It was my first time ever having a girlfriend and really rushed into it. And it, it turned out that that was uh, the person who I married didn't really have those same feelings for me. And then so all of a sudden I'm back in Canada and I just felt depressed and I just wanted to be happy again. And right. Before that, like I was raised Catholic, had this strong faith in God, um, and then lost that and just tried, I don't know, looking for happiness. So I looked at meditation, reading about psychology, just these things I'd never really considered before because I was sure of what I wanted in the future. I, I had a, I felt as if I was on a path, and for the first time in my life, I just couldn't see where I was headed or exactly what I wanted or what would make me happy. So I reevaluated everything, um, and then also I I tried marijuana for the first time. I'd never tried that before the age of twenty five. So I sort of adopted this attitude of just following your own bliss, and I was able to find peace and happiness through meditation. And I had this mantra of just live right today and let tomorrow take care of itself. And I stopped really thinking of the future and what I would do. And then not seeing that a few years of living like that, all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm 30 now. I don't really know what I want. I don't have any much of savings or a career going for me. Um, and then so when I first heard Jordan Peterson speak of, just starting out small and working out from there, like just, you know, clean, clean your room. I'd always known that that would make a difference. I would do it and I sort of would clean my room, feel good. And then a few days later, it would be back into chaos. Mm. So, and then from first listening to him speak, I, I started watching his uh, Maps of Meaning lectures. Mm. Mm. And at first it was hard to digest. I had to watch them a few times and, yeah, so that's really where it started for me. Yeah, it's um, I can relate, you know, definitely. I I feel like um, you know, a, a similar kind of experience. Um, no, oh, um, you know, like I I'd kind of felt like I was on a good path and whatever, and then maybe some things didn't work out. So it's like, well, well, shit, what do I do now? And I think there is some value in that, and you know, definitely good value in meditation and kind of like, you know, living in the present moment and that sort of stuff. But you're right. It's like, you can't just only do that because then it's like, you're just kind of, you know, I mean, you're not really working towards something like as Jordan Peterson said, like orienting yourself towards like a larger goal. And I, um, I know like, you know, it's, it's very difficult for me. I can imagine you're probably the same way because I, I took like, you know, those personality tests, the big five personality tests that he talks about. I know you did the one that he created, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I, I haven't done that one yet. How did you, how did you like it? And what were your uh, results? I know you did a, vi a video on that as well, right? 
Yeah, I, I had tried a few different ones in the past, and I've always had the same experience where when it comes time to actually do them, I find it very difficult to pick because I feel, well, sometimes I'm this way, sometimes I'm that way. <laughs> but the results that I, I got from his test, which is uh, called Understand Myself, I found that for the most part, it, li- it aligned with how I considered myself. There was two parts where I, I thought the result was much different than how I considered myself, and that was um, in politeness. I had a score of being low in politeness, where I'd always considered myself a very polite person, at times overly polite. But then I started to think, well, how maybe it's more so how I interact with people that are closer with me. So with strangers, I can be very polite. If you're buying something at, at a store or if I'm at work talking to a customer on the phone, but with my own family or, or close friends, I feel like because we know them so well and we have that that love and knowing that they're always sort of going to forgive us, that you can abuse that at times. Yeah. So I, I have been trying to work on that. Um, and the other one was with openness. I scored, I think, moderately low in openness where I thought I was just very open person but uh i'll have to revisit that one and look at look at it again and, and I, I got the same th- so I, as you said i made a video about it and what i could see from the comments was that a lot of people had similar results where they didn't quite agree with the results they got from the test so uh, i'm not sure okay yeah yeah i i um yeah i took one i forget where it was on i kind of i want to try jordan's uh Jordan's one and uh but I mine I was like really kind of like I guess it makes sense like I believe it but I was like holy shit I didn't know my openness was like 98% and my con- conscientiousness was like 15%. I was like holy shit but it makes sense because I'm a lazy procrastinating son of a bitch, you know? It's like <laughs> so the the conscientiousness is like well shit, you know? Like you could be open, you could be creative and whatever outgoing and stuff but and I'm never going to get anything done if I can't raise that conscientiousness. So I'm trying to work on that. That's that's like my big thing. And it's such a it's such like a hurdle, right? Because it's like you have this idea of like what you want to be, who you want to be. And then you kind of like now, now you know, you know, from like learning and, and researching and trying different things, you kind of know what to do. But there's still that like that elusive implementation of like discipline and consistency. At least I find I find that the struggle is like, you know, really trying to maintain consistency and discipline. How's that going for you? And and has 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 there been improvements in that area? I'd say over so I think I started in May. So over these these months that there there has been an improvement. Where at first I had this initial burst of energy where I really decided to go for it. I, I set a schedule like this perfect perfectly scheduled day of everything I wanted to do and I had the energy at first to do it but I found that by using my will and trying to almost force myself to do it that, that I I depleted my will and eventually I'd, I'd, I'd fall back crash and I'd just try to adjust it a, a bit so it's sort of as if over time I've, I've been putting in effort and then I'll crash down and then I'll try again so I feel like over time it's been on a upward curve so i i have a tendency of of comparing how i'm doing with how i ideally like to do and at times i can get frustrated but i have to keep in mind 
how am I doing now compared to I was a year ago? And compared to a year ago, I'm I'm much more productive than I used to be. That that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have good advice. Um, I I think uh, some of the best, one of the best things I ever heard was was from Jordan Peterson was was the do it badly. Like that, that was kind of, it seems so obvious, but it was such a shock. And, you know, for people listening, what that means is basically like, you know, he was talking, I think, in reference to, well, it can be in reference to anything, but for his future authoring program, it's like, look, you know, do this thing and your life will improve by, by doing this. And it's, it is something that you have to do every day and just do it, do it badly. Right. So what, what did you, did you resonate with that advice as well? Yeah, so I, when I first heard him talk about it, as I said, it was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and then I heard him speak with Duncan Trussell, and I'd heard him say this, to, to, to do it badly the first time. And I, I didn't take that advice right away. I, I had this idea that, okay, I'm going to have this perfect opportunity, this big chunk of time to do it, I'm going to sit down and nail it out. But I found myself just keep putting it off. And then so finally I realized, okay, I got to at least start with something. And yeah, at first I, I couldn't come up with this ideal future. I, I just couldn't perfectly envision it. So I just tried to, I remember the first thing I envisioned was, okay, well, if, I, if I'm so unsorted in my life where I'm so low in conscientiousness that I can't even finish it, at least I can try to imagine a future where I would be in a position to do it. And th- that's what sparked the, so I moved from Ontario to British Columbia and decided I was going to have a major overhaul of some of my, my bad habits. And so finally I did. I've, I've gotten into a position where from there uh, I've been able to more come up with this ideal future that I want to work towards. Nice. Do you, do you think that the relocation is what really helped, like just being a different environment? It's part of it. Um, I it's if you think of someone who thinks oh i need to find myself i want to go to india and find myself like really you don't have to do that but uh ideally you'd be able to do it wherever you are say you say i'd come out here and it wouldn't work would i have to again move no you but for me i i think it uh I, i knew that i wasn't going to want to permanently live where i was um, because some, I, it's something I've been thinking of doing for a while because I'd spent my 20s traveling and for years I, I was um, convinced that I wouldn't end up living in Canada where now I'm not completely sure. So I figured I'll, I'll, I'll use this time. I hadn't seen my, my parents for years from all my travels. So I figured I'll spend time there and, and use this opportunity to really uh, sort myself out. But yeah, it definitely helped because where I was in Ontario, just again, it's not, I'm not at all blaming my friends for this, but just the, the social circle I had was one in which we use marijuana quite often. So I figured if I got myself out of that, that would just be a definite help because I, I, I could just see that it, it was hindering me in so many ways Yeah, that uh, everything I wanted to change by my diet or, or being more conscientious, I found that marijuana was something that I'd tried so many times to stop and maybe at most I'd go two weeks. So I, I knew that was something I had to change. And yeah, certainly moving it. I don't think it was the location. It was just getting away from being in that 
social circle. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's such a big, important thing, you know, getting rid of maybe people who could trigger you to go back to doing bad habits. I mean, I think everybody can relate to that. I have a group of friends who, you know, they were like my high school drinking buddies or whatever, but you know, we don't really stay in touch anymore, but every once in a while I'll see them and it's like, oh, they're still doing the same old stuff. And I don't really want to get roped into that, you know? So and it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, you could, people could say you're weak for giving into peer pressure, but, you know, it's tough because when you're in a social circle and kind of everybody's together and they're partying or whatever, it can be difficult to kind of maintain your discipline. So it's best to be in a, in a supportive community or in an environment that's, the, you know, that you're able to get done what you want to get done, right? Yeah. And I, I have done that. I've I've been in those situations where people are trying to pressure you in. And I, I've had to say no so many times, and it's amazing the re- the response you can get. Right. The people they'll they'll just keep trying to push you, and it's they it makes them question what they're doing. Like because and I th- especially with drinking, no one wants no one wants to drink alone. So when when you're with friends, you really tr- try to lay on that pressure, and uh, yeah, it can, it can feel awkward when when you're saying no. It's even though you feel strong in yourself that you don't want to do it. It's you, you almost feel that you're doing it for this other person and not for you at all. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head because it's like they, I think a lot of people feel a little like maybe um, like like you're condemning their lifestyle by choosing not to engage in what they're engaging in. And it's like, you know, for, for me, I'm kind of just like, no, you know, do whatever you want. I'm just not going to take part. But then that, you know, the pressure comes and it's like, all right, man, chill, chill out. Like, you know, don't drag yeah. me down with you, you know. <laughs> oh whoops i didn't mean to offend you sorry you know <laughs> it's like it's 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 a weird way of kind of just being it's like i choose like you know for example like you're saying that you have stopped smoking marijuana so you know as somebody you know i have a psychedelic podcast like i talk about psychedelics a lot i i smoke you know marijuana but i'm not you know i'm not like you know i could imagine that there would be people out there that are like well it's not addictive it's not bad for you it's like look everybody has their own personal choices. You know what I mean? Uh, things affect people in, in different ways. And so maybe this is a good kind of segue to talk about some things like, you know, that we would call like, you know, there's, there's, um, are you familiar with, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate by any chance? Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Good, good. One of the good Canadians (laughs) up there. Yeah. He's, um, so he wrote this book called in the realm of hungry ghosts and it's about addiction. And basically like the, the crux of it is that like, addictions can happen with anything, you know, it could be literally anything. It, and what, what people cling on to is just whatever happens to kind of like speak to them as a, as a way of filling some kind of pain or some void. And he talks about how we all have these kinds of coping mechanisms, you know, it's like, whatever, if you're doing a shitty job or you're at a bad place in your life, some people might choose to drink or some people might use, you know, weed or some people might, uh, you know, binge on food or, or watch hours of Netflix or whatever it is. These can all be addictive behaviors. So I kind of get a little frustrated when I hear people say like things, for example, like, well, porn's not addictive or something like that. It's like, well, well, well. It is like I mean, it not inherently by its very nature, but the the use that that you the the user engages with it could be unhealthy and addictive, and I found that to be myself. Um, you know, I, I I relate to you in in that where you know overeating, uh, smoking too much weed, and watching too much porn, or just being on the internet too much. Th- those are unhealthy attachments. 
Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of that, like, well, it's perfectly natural for a guy, like, you know, to do these things. And, you know, it it can be, it can be a little bit difficult navigating those, those waters. So what, what was it that made you kind of realize that those kind of those three things, because I feel that it's not, you know, it's not just us. Like I get messages from people that listen to this show that talk about these things. I I see it on the internet. This is a problem for a lot of young men. And, um, you know, I, I, I honestly think it's because of there's, we're not being taught how to be men really in this society. There's been, there's someone's dropped the ball, you know, there's these like indigenous tribes from, from past, they had these like initiation rituals to, you know, becoming a man and, and all this stuff. And now it's like, you see these guys and on college campuses and, you know, it's like, this this prolong there's been like a prolonged like period of childness uh, childness uh, childishness sorry and you know I've been you know a part of that as well and um so so yeah so what I'm getting at is basically just like you know when when you're looking at these things that are bad behaviors and bad habits it's like what what was like your thought process and and going and and like dealing with this was it like because a part of me is like, well, it's me, but also it's the environment outside. You know, it's society, but it's also me. So, like, how do you kind of like manage that or, or work with that? Because it could be a little difficult to try and, you know, as Jordan Peterson would say, live forthrightly in in a world that's a little toxic. You know. Well, I I could see with marijuana that I could just clearly see that after years of of abusing it that. So when I first started, it was this wonderful tool that I just feel incredible and have these psychedelic experiences. Like the, the first time I, I got high from marijuana was probably the most psychedelic experience of my life. And I never really had issues with paranoia, but the, the over the years it, it crept in and I'd have the very paranoid moments. And rather than getting pleasure, I'd just look at myself in a completely different way and just see all of my negative aspects and like just rather than just enjoying it and having these uh being able to enjoy say eating more or watching a movie i just thought what am i doing i I, there was one moment in particular it was i i had a shift job at the time so i was off this one day it was a tuesday eight in the morning and all i was concerned with was making this gravity bong and I, I made it and I just got so high and it was like too much. I, I went, I threw up. So like I went in the shower and I was really overweight and I was just like, I was like, what am I doing? It's a Tuesday at eight in the morning. Like this has been my only thing I want. Like the whole day is written off now. And I just, and I had so many more experiences like that. So when I realized, okay, it's time to, you know maybe pull back so i thought okay i'll try just having it on the weekends or i won't buy it and then i would buy it and then i'd think okay well i'll just have it on the weekends and then oh i'll just have it every other day so every, every time i ever tried i just couldn't do it and that was one of the most surprising things of the backlash i've had when i first started making videos when i at first had more of a focus on stopping marijuana where now i'll have it maybe once a month but at first, people, like you said, are saying, oh, it's not addictive. And sure, maybe it's not physically addictive. I wasn't, my body wasn't craving for it, but my mind certainly was. And even now, like if there's times where I really feel stressed, I'll just physically 
pretend that I'm packing a little bowl and lighting it up and breathing it. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a ritual that you do Yeah. that I remember at times when I, as soon as work was over, I'd get home and I'd like, I'd run to the basement and like, I'd get my food ready and I'd get, get, get this bong ready and put on Netflix. And just as soon as I inhale, it just be this instant relaxation. And I can still have that just by going through the process. So sure. Maybe it's not the substance itself that's physically addictive but you're addicted to well if your brain suggests for you to do something like say smoke weed it gives you a stimulus stimulus then there's an action there's a response and it's, it's just in your brain it's it's strengthening that circuit for for reward so so it doesn't matter to me if it's sure alcohol is going to be physically addictive so it will be tougher but it, it it doesn't mean that you can't be addicted to smoking marijuana right yeah and if it's not really like benefiting you then you know that it's a problem like if it's not adding to your life in a positive way if it's just something that you're kind of doing out of habit or just because you're used to you know it's like that that's when it can become kind of dangerous. Now it's interesting because it's like you were said, like as soon as you got off of work, like I know so many people who live for like that moment, you know, it's like, Oh man, I just, I can't wait till I get off work. I'm going to have like 20 beers, you know, or whatever. It's just like that, that sense of relief, you know, it's that sense of, I don't know, you know, it's like maybe we're missing something, you know, here in the West with that, that doesn't really honor uh, you know, time to kind of like have more release or something like that. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Like, does like you wouldn't think like that probably doesn't happen in, in, in a place like Tonga, right? Like you probably wouldn't see people, you know, abusing weed in that way, right? It's probably more of a natural kind of harmonious way of, of living there. So you probably wouldn't see like the symptom of like an addictive kind of mentality, right? Well, I think things are changing now. Their their culture is becoming more westernized, especially if you go to the main island. I was living on a more northern island where things are more traditional. Um, so you do see some issues with alcohol abuse and uh, kava abuse. Kava is a oh, traditional yeah. Yeah. drink that they have, um, and there there is marijuana there. But I think par- probably part of that is, as I said, is due to this new Western influence. But if you were to go back, I don't know, say a hundred years of how it would have been there, yeah, I don't think they would have had these issues. Because if you think of ways that we relax here, when we're not, if if you don't have this type of job where you're just working to get money and doing something that you wouldn't do unless you were getting paid, when people relax, they'll go fishing. They'll tend to their garden, they'll go swimming. You know, these are things that they would have as just part of their daily life. So it's not as if you're using your will or using concentration where I feel in our society, in Western culture, where for many of us, we have to concentrate so much and use our brain in a certain way that we look for that release where when you drink, or play a video game, or watch a movie, or you know, watching pornography. Any of these things, it's it's that release where you're using the brain in a different way, and it's not concentrating in. It's just this release and letting go. Where yeah. I think in their lifestyle, they just have that more even keeled type of living overall. Or in ancient cultures, where they'd have meditation as as part of a daily practice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, because I, I, like I said, like when I started this kind of like 
question off I was talking about because I, I wonder at times, like, you know, I go back and forth. I think about this stuff a lot and I talk about it on my podcast. It's like, you know, how much is it on, on the individual and how much is it on the society in which the in- individual lives in? And I think it's, you know, I think it's partially both. I, I don't think it's either one or the other. But I remember, um, you know, are you familiar with uh, Milo Yiannopoulos? Yes. Before he was like, a, you know, provocateur, you know, whatever he was doing, he was like a writer for, for Breitbart. And he, I think he was writing like for like entertainment or gaming or something. Anyway, it was like 2013 or something. And he wrote this really great article. I had no idea who he was at the time, but he was talking about how like young men are dropping out of society. Like it was like all about this kind of gamer culture, you know, how like young men are not uh, approaching women. They're like they're playing video games all day and they're watching porn and they're getting all of these kinds of substitute filler kind of junk food dopamine hits from from virtual reality, web, you know, all this stuff because the society isn't really like there's nothing like for them. There's nothing like serving them. There's nothing for them to like, you know, aspire to be, or no one's really encouraging them in in a certain way. And like, I found it to be really interesting because I related to it. I was like, yeah, what the hell is going on? So like, I'm going to ask you, Andrew, like what the hell's going on? Like what is going on with our society and young men? And why do so many people find themselves detaching and, and, you know, engaging in sort of destructive dopamine hit activities? It's a good question, and it's a difficult question to answer. I'm sure there's so many factors where our society's changed so much in just a short amount of time where we would have been living the way the same way or almost the same way for just thousands of years. And then with this industrial revolution, you can look back to the 60s where it started having these cookie-cutter homes and building th- this idealized societies where you could just see looking back there was sort of this underbelly of seething chaos waiting to come out where i'd like to think of the hippies when they were first realizing oh we can have fun just dancing around in the mud and no worries and their parents must have been thinking like yeah we know that that's what we're trying to get away from that we used to be savages it's like we've tried to impose an order on this chaos and that that chaos is re-emerging and that there's just been people who can see how the brain works and have only been concerned about money and consciously or unconsciously have made things like social media or video games just just to make money out of it so I think, you know, for our parents, they wouldn't have known. They just think, oh, it's just a video game or, oh, you know, look at just look at how much nutrition has 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 changed where people are so much more aware. If you think back to what your the lunch you would have had packed for you by by your mom. So or, you know, so we've been sort of raised on it where I don't think our, our parents would have had that. So, yeah. We, <laughs> We, it's it's really shaped our our brains in a certain way, and just it's it, so we're we're just so hooked on getting these little dopamine hits, and also just the way that most men have been treated in in media or movies or commercials. We just seem like we're sort of blamed for so many things that 
or that we're useless. So a lot of people just want to clock out and, and would rather live in virtual reality. Yeah, right. No, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like... um like the dumb jocks, you know, like that's how kind of men, men are portrayed as like dumb jocks who can't figure anything out. All they think about is sex and, you know, they don't know, like, you know, fixing their car or whatever, drinking beers and, and there's nothing, there's no other dimension to, to, to men. And, and it's like, you know, girl, women have to be treated, you know, delicately. And there's, you know, we have to worry more about the women and there's this patriarchy and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it's like, well, what are we doing to young boys? Like, what do we, how does that shape their worldview? Like, how does that empower them? You know, like I mentioned um, the rites of passage before. I'm, a, you know, big fan of Joseph Campbell and, you know, a lot of other authors that talk about this. It's like, you know, in these kind of societies of the past, and I think you can even say probably up like around World War II, because so many people were involved in going and fighting abroad that it was kind of an initiation, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it forces you to like confront your fears and it forces you to like become uh, an, an adult, to become mature. And I think that we have kind of like uh, just gotten rid of that because I think the natural kind of rite of passage for a woman is when she has her period. Like that's the kind of, that just happens. Like that's, that's what they, they kind of are entered into that cosmically, like, you know, and for, for young men, we're just kind of like lost, you know, like looking around for something because, you know, like, you know, and then one of the solutions is by the society is, well, young men, they, they're, they're all over the place. They can't concentrate, just pump them full of Adderall, you know, get them, get them to focus and concentrate, just give them a bunch of meth basically, you know? And it's like, well, he won't sit still. It's like, no, of course he wants it still. He's a young man. He's a boy. He wants to explore and get into dangerous things. So I think that that's been that's been a great like disservice to to young men and um and I think we're seeing that play out in what's happening right now in our society with like all of the sort of chaos that's going on and it's uh it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not good. Um what um what what do you think is like something that I guess for people who are you know, for people who are going through, you know, some of these things, like say, for example, you know, someone's just like really abusing weed and really just addicted to porn and just playing video games all day. And like, you know, they they know maybe something's up or they want to get going. What would you recommend them doing like to get started? Would you say to like start with one thing or to make a lit? Like what would be your suggestion to kind of like start sorting themselves out? Well, so if it, if it comes to addictions, if you have a desire to stop or you, it, it, it has to start with yourself that no one's going to tell you that you need to, if you, if you have a hinkling or at all to, to do it, um, just try, just see, see if you can do it. Don't put a focus on trying something else or replacing it. Just see if you can do it with your own willpower. If you find that that can't happen, just start writing down your excuses. It, it's amazing how many you'll, you'll come up with. And I had always known, like, so say for food that I'd be able to use my will for the first few days of saying, okay, I'm only going to eat these healthy foods and I won't eat unhealthy foods. And that I'd find that always the same excuses would come. I'd say, well, you know, I've, I've been okay. I've been all right for a few days, like for a whole week here. I, I, I can't just always eat this unhealthy food. Like I'll just, I'll just one time have this one little thing or, oh, this will be good for my metabolism. It, it will spike it up. And 
oh, I'm I'm having this because I want to have it. I don't want to have to just blindly follow a routine. I want to be in, in control of what I'm having. And it can be the same thing for marijuana where you think, oh, I'm just going to have what I have left. Once I finish the amount that I have, I, I won't buy any more. Oh, I, I need to be creative. I need to, I, just for this one task, I'm going to use it. Or, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling good today. There's just... If you write them down, you'll just see you always have these same excuses, and it's the same as of what anyone would have. Would and, you say uh, um, to write them down as they come up, or write like make make a list beforehand? I'd say that every okay. So f- say for marijuana, that every time that you go to smoke it, if if write down the reason why you did it. Okay, and then you'll see you'll be prepared for the next. If that same excuse comes, you think. Is that really me who, who's having this thought? Where I've also heard it as if you think of your brain as a garden, and ideally you want to only be growing these beautiful flowers and you don't want any weeds. If you think of a negative, so if, if a thought comes that you don't, so if you have a thought coming, say, okay, go and smoke marijuana. At first, you you would think that you want to chop it down, that you're this watcher, this observer that's chopping it down as soon as it rears its head. But that that's using will, and that it's a you're going to deplete that as as a, as energy. Or rather, just if you pay full attention to it, it will of its own accord just grow and then and die. So you're not having to have this conflict as soon as you're set up as this controller it's as as if you've already lost the battle so that that's another thing you can try to do wow that's that's pretty that was that just like struck me as being like really deep actually that was like that's pretty profound so letting it grow like kind of letting it develop acknowledging it seeing it knowing that it's not something that you necessarily want to do but not be like an aggressive authoritarian tyrant and like start chopping it away but just kind of knowing that it's there here it is and it'll just die on its own accord is that is that does yeah, that just, yeah just try watch just try observing it and then because as soon as you have the split of the observer and the observed then there's will and there's there's time involved where we think if you give me enough time, I can, there's a becoming that in time I'll become something, but whatever you are now, you're going to be the, the same thing a minute from now and a day from now, unless there's this radical change where if we expect this change to happen by will, which is a limited resource, it's, it's just going to run out. And then, so at first, when those excuses come, you can, you can watch for them and sort of swipe them away, but then you'll get to the point where the, you don't have that energy to observe and it's then you're just identified as that thought that says you know what okay i'm gonna do it you're no longer set up as this observer so if you don't make that distinction in the first place then the battle doesn't have to take place right yeah uh some that's good advice yeah um what what about like for maybe people who like i don't know if you maybe have uh received mess like comments or messages from people who are like guys that maybe don't know that they have an issue or maybe they're they're thinking like you know like 
not not me because i think one of the things that you do so so well is that you know you're vulnerable like you're you're basically like like a lot for a lot of our history like men have just been kind of viewed as like look just shut up just don't complain like just go about your day you know do what you got to do and just like forget about anything about feelings or you know problems or whatever and um and you know maybe that's a large part of why we find ourselves in the in the situation is that we're in is because I feel like it's really really powerful for maybe some young men uh to to come across like your channel and they see you and they're like that's a guy that looks like me that's like my age you know that's that I can relate to and he's talking about these problems that he's going through holy shit I'm going through those as well so it's like. I think there, it's, there's great power in that, you know, there's really great power in, in that kind of like, I did this podcast a while ago, I talked about it, about like trying not to like report fake news, like about ourselves, you know, it's like, you know, we have this like fake news problem or whatever. And it's like, well, if we're not being honest with like the people in our environment, it's like, well, we're reporting like the story of our lives, like falsely, you know? So what good does that do? Like, because you know, as Jordan Peterson talks about like language and communication, you know, the logos, like speaking truth into being, that's fucking powerful, you know? And it's like, some people don't, I think maybe some people don't even realize, or or maybe they, they don't know the power of that. So like, have you had any experiences where people maybe are asking like your advice and how to come out and, and, and do that? Like in your, maybe that, maybe it's not start a YouTube channel, but like in their daily lives, like how does, how to be like a man and like be vulnerable and like open up and be like, Hey, I can't do this on my own. Like I need a little help or Hey, like, you know, if you're in a relationship, like to your girlfriend or maybe like even to your parents or whatever, like I got a problem, I'm working on myself. Like how do you maybe give people the strength to open up to do that? Like what, what kind of advice would you say? Like, to give to them to try and like you know have that courage to to take that step that could be a little scary you know i used to think so when i when i first started trying to look for um i guess different philosophers or just when i wanted to be happy i was listening to alan watts and i just absorbed everything he was saying and one thing that i remember he said that anyone who thinks that they need to see a psychologist should have their head examined (laughs) (laughs) it's funny and it's true that if 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 you think that that's what you need then you should you should go for that but i don't know i guess i'd thought about it for years thinking oh maybe there's some things i need to sort out in the way i see things but also i thought like okay well if you admit that you need that then there's you're saying there's something wrong with you i feel probably a lot of people feel like that but that's what the the self-authoring program is it's sort of that it's structured in a way of these are things that you would probably talk about it if you went to see a psychologist where I've, I've heard Jordan Peterson say that what he first goes through with patients, if they come in saying they're depressed, they'll say, okay, do you have a job? What's your social life? Like, what are you aiming at? What are your bad habits? Are you trying to work on them? And the self-authoring program really takes you through all this. And so if you're someone who, who really doesn't, address your bad habits or don't think that they're that bad or like a lot of people say if you like for me when i used to smoke marijuana every day i used to tell myself well i I can stop it's just that i want i want to have it every day it's me i'm making this decision so in doing the the future authoring program one of the things that you do is you you try to think out what would your future be like five years from now 
if all of your bad habits got worse. And it sort of it, it gets you to face that that dragon where for most people we we just don't face it. We think, yeah, it's okay, but I sort of have it under control. Like I'll get it, but we don't we just have a vague idea of that things will work out. But unless you're really putting in the plan, you know, do you really think things are going to be different five years from now? Like if like I said earlier, whatever you are now, you will be tomorrow and you will be in five years unless there's this radical change. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, that's really, it's, it's, it's got to start with you, you know, it's got to start with you wanting it. You know, it's, it's difficult. I think, you know, for people who it's like the first step I think is like recognizing that you want, you know, because I think we live in a time right now where there's, you know, like self-help books are like selling like crazy, you know, every week I feel like there's a different one, you know, it's like how to unfuck your life or whatever the hell it's coming <laughs> out, you know? Um, and they're good. You know, I read a lot of them because I'm interested in what people have to say. Oftentimes I find like people say the same things. And I think that's why I was so attracted to Jordan Peterson's because he really gets deep into deconstructing everything, talking about it from, you know, a mythological standpoint and what it all means and, you know, through the history of it. So that that really appeals to me because a lot of these kind of you can kind of get stuck in like this self-help trap where you're just like addicted to self-help stuff or something you know and i i don't know i'm just guessing but it seems to me that we're living in a time right now where like people oh people are wanting wanting to improve themselves like there's this kind of like need to to go ahead and and do that stuff it's just about i guess getting started or staying staying on that path um but anyway you're you're someone who is doing that and you've made all these videos um what has there been any video for you that's been like particularly challenging to make that you were like maybe a little hesitant to put out the only times where i felt hesitant is where i've i've had a week where i felt that i didn't make any progress or where i have these times where i have a backslide into getting back into just being really lazy putting things off um but like as as you've seen with my videos i i'm not afraid to be open and just show everything i'm going through but it's it's weird because when I first started making the videos, people would comment saying, "Wow, you, you know, you're being so honest, and it, it's something different." Because you can see on on YouTube, <laughs> I've I've been watching, I've been on YouTube since when it first started. I remember, you know, when it was just like cat videos and things like that back yeah. in the day. And then I saw it changing where when there's people who know they can make money, and I just saw so much. So many things that just seem fake, like prank videos where they just clearly seem set up. Um, and I just really didn't appreciate that. I just I, I don't like seeing things that are fake or personalities where they come on and go, hey, guys, what's going on? It's your boy. back. Like I, so, 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 <laughs> These are so, the 10 so, ways that you can yeah. get in shape today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when I first put these videos out and it seemed like something different and people are saying, oh, I like this honesty. You're not asking to like or subscribe, or. But then, when I've had the times where I don't feel good, which can happen, and I I say that people are like, "Oh, you you seem down," and you're. It's weird. People, I get this bad backlash from it. So sometimes there have been weeks where I just don't put up videos because, yeah, like on if you see on Facebook or Instagram. Usually your friends are just sharing these happy moments. Look, I'm here, I'm on vacation or eating this really good food or whatever. People don't like to share these moments when they're down. 
you know, maybe once a year, someone will hashtag let's talk or something, some sort of promotion for right, dealing yeah. with mental health. But yeah, so one, at times I've just almost, I find those videos, I guess, the, the toughest to make when you feel like you haven't been making progress or, or you've been down. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I mean, like it's, yeah, totally. Because it's, it's almost like, look, like we're all struggling. You know what I mean? If you're a human being living on the planet Earth, like you're struggling, like you have problems. But there's such a denial, I think. And, we're, you know, I think we're, we're getting there. You know, we're fighting through that stigma, you know, right now. And I think it's a good thing, but it still exists. You know, people sharing pictures of, you know, whatever. They're just on vacation, all happy stuff all the time. Because I think there's this like, you know, this is a stigma where people like don't want to say like, I'm not OK. Like, I'm not doing OK today or like, um, you know, there's. Something. This is what's really going on because then it's like, oh, they're the person that's depressed, or they're the the person that you know, because they, I think they attach that to like their their permanent identity, where it's like, look, this isn't necessarily your permanent identity. It's just like you're a human being, and you, maybe you work a stressful job, and maybe you have some some issues, and you know, maybe if you shared it with some people that you care about instead of yelling at them, <laughs> then you might, uh, you know, you might make some progress. You know, who knows, right? Yeah, I th I think there's a stigma attached because I I think from our early days as humans that when we first started working together in groups, there emerged different types of jobs and different types of people, and there would be people who would naturally just be very conscientious and wanted and do so much work, and we'd sort of pitch in together and share. There would have been people that would have taken advantage of that and say, oh, I got a sore back. So there's always been a stigma attached when people really do have a sore back or can't help. There's always going to be people thinking, oh, they're just, oh, they're just saying that. And I've seen that in the workplace where I've seen people who take advantage of it and take lots of time off and get sick leave or whatever. And, you know, people will call them out for it. Right. But I've seen the same with like mental health, like people who there's, I remember a woman I worked with who she was off for long periods of time, um, dealing with depression and there would have been lots of other coworkers just saying, ah, she's just faking it. So I think a lot of people don't want to admit that because they, from when we were living in that way, you know, thousands of years ago, the worst thing that could happen to you is if you're kicked out of the group, that's pretty much death because you would have. It's not like now where you can sort of live on your own and do your own thing where if you were banished, like that, that was it. So I guess a lot of people, they just don't want to risk it. So they just hide it all in and think that they have this inner strength that they can deal with it. Right. Yeah. Which can lead to other symptoms popping up, you know, because they're suppressing it, you know, yeah. and you're totally right about that. It's a, it's still in our biology that like we feel like if we're fired from a job or like maybe we break up with a girlfriend or something that it's like, holy shit, we've been cast out of the tribe. Like we're going to die. You know, we, that those kind of that like still exists in, in, in our nature and our makeup, because I think that is to me, like, I think that really is one of the most important things is community and you know being with kind of the people that are on the same wavelength as you and you know i think it starts with family as well and and close friends and if you have those kind of tight-knit bonds then i think that 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 kind of sets you up to be successful because you're not necessarily you know you're, you're kind of like working together with everyone you're trying to kind of you know everyone's kind of pitching in to do some kind of greater good you know and work towards a, a higher for a higher purpose. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's 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 definitely something we we need. I know you know JP talks a lot about that, like you know the importance of of the family, right, and the and the family unit. So what what do you what's your take on like kind of what's going on right now? I don't know how much you pay attention to like the news and stuff. I'm trying to limit my exposure to it. I used to do this like political podcast where I was like always talking about what was going on in the news and politicians and all this stuff, and I just I got burnt out, you know, but. It seems like we live in like a pretty like hysterical, paranoid, crazy culture right now. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that Jordan Peterson talks about that's going on on college campuses, that's a large part of it because what happens in the school system comes out into the society. You know, it's like those are the future people that, that we're learning from. So, like, um, I don't know, just like, I guess, kind of a general vague question, not really specific, but like what, what's like your take on like what's happening right now? So when I first started smoking marijuana, I got into conspiracy theories and, you know, the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> That'll do it's it. amazing. It's a, it's a great rabbit hole you can go down. And it definitely seems like there's people who have control and are trying to manipulate us into a certain way of thinking of of if it's for population control that we want to think that the family's bad or that having children is bad i i, I can see that being pushed but i i wouldn't say that it's this small controlling group i think more more so it's just something that's naturally happening that we're you know getting to the end of the world not in a literal sense just when people were talking about this the end of the world being in 2012 like it it does seem like something ended a certain age ended yeah, and yeah where actually i was talking with jonathan pajo yesterday and i saw him a couple weeks ago when i in vancouver when i went to see jordan peterson speak along with brett weinstein and theron meyer and he was saying that um so, so we go through these cycles. Hinduism talks about that with the, the um, different ages. ages yeah, what do they, they call through. them the epochs. I think that's what, like, uh, yeah, something yeah, like the, that. There's yeah. diff- different. Oh, different the Kali Yuga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So, and I think we're in the Kali Yuga now. Yeah, and also we're. But anyways, that we started off with initial idea of of what we wanted. It's like you're dropping this golden ball into a pond and then you're having these waves that come out from it and as you get to the end things just get so weird and it's where at the end all these new categories are emerging where he used this analogy that if imagine you have a million different buttons you have to sort that between yellow and blue that at first you have you're just going through it it feels like it's going to take forever and and anytime you come to one that's an exception, you sort of just put it aside. So if you're not sure if it's blue or yellow. And then at the end, say you have a thousand left, those are the ones that are going to be screaming out to you. So I feel like we, that's where we're at now, where we have all these just exceptions and it's just we're in such chaotic times. And also our population is increasing. So it seems like part of it, yeah, people are trying to manipulate something for us to move in a certain direction of, of what these people at the top think would be best for society. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that you know, society, it's not something separate from us. We, we are society. And every, anytime that it, as humanity, 
where we've tried to make this outside change to society thinking it will change us it's never worked we've right. tried to implement communism it doesn't work so all that we can do is individual like you can spend so much time watching the news and th- seeing that things are getting crazy but the only thing you can do is to sort yourself out and I'm sure you, I thought I invented this analogy, but I'm sure lots of people have had the same thing that when you're on an airplane and it's going down and the, the oxygen masks come out, you have to secure your own first before you're able to help someone else. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's great. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself. I mean, that's, it sounds so simple. You know what I mean? It's, it sounds simple. Like it's like, well, yeah, take care of yourself, you know, but like so many people don't. And blame other people because it's easy, right? It's easy to blame the society, the culture, the the stuff. But if everybody just looked in the mirror, took care of themselves, cleaned the room, then that would change the greater, right? It's like like if everyone would just started doing that, it's amazing. It's it's but it, I I feel like we do kind of need some form of of leadership to kind of lead us along. You know, maybe that's part of what you're doing. You know, being a voice to the to the voiceless. You know, or, or something like that, giving people. Uh, s- some strength to kind of persevere and 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 clean up their damn room, you know. Um, I know you had a a psychedelic experience recently. You you made a video about. Um, yeah. So, so are you somebody that has dabbled in that before, or was this the the a new thing for you? Or no, I've I've dabbled. Um, like I'd say, growing up, I had religious experiences. I remember. I'd say maybe I was six, between, let's say between six and eight, I, uh, I, was, I was going swimming. And I remember when I was young, I used to love like tying things up with rope. And anyways, so I was swimming and in this uh, lake or this beach area, they had uh, like a, a guarded off area where children, are, you're not supposed to swim beyond. So it was all these pilot, um, floating devices. And it was anchored to the ground. It was tied off to these cement blocks that had chains. And so I remember I'd, I'd swim out and I'd try to take this chain and and wrap it around myself and tie it and then see if I could escape. And so I remember like I was fully submerged and I tied it and I just, I couldn't get it undone. And I was like trying to wave my arm out of the water to get attention from someone and I just was trying, and I just I couldn't couldn't do it. And then I I saw in my mind, I like I just projected on my mind was the news from that night reporting that this child had drowned, and like I fully saw that. And then next thing I was just I was just standing up, and it, it wasn't tied to me anymore. And like there's lots of other things that I had, like I just had these bizarre religious experiences. Um. But then, as I said earlier, the first time I tried marijuana, it was it was as if I was an alien that was put in this human body and was just seeing life on Earth from a completely alien perspective. Where you know, you look at you look at a house, you look at a car, or a tree. it's just something that your your mind just automatically names because you're so used to it. So yeah, I'd had that, and with um, and then I tried psilocybin mushrooms and it, it i had it by by myself and just had this incredible few hours where i felt as if i was god not god in the sense that most people think of that you could just do anything and control anything i just felt as if if god was whatever is before the universe 
began, I felt like it was just this awareness that came in that just saw that if I'm the same, if I am what grows my fingernails, then I am what shines the sun. I just had this sense of peace and understanding. So yeah, I've, I, I, I spread it out. Like it's not something I ever do for fun or quite often. Like it's always, uh, a lot of anxiety that happens before. Yeah. And I, cause there's always, it's, it's a learning experience, right? I've right. always, yeah. I don't want to start one of these learning trips unless I've applied what I learned from the last time. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. Otherwise you'll, you'll have, and it. it's like, you're what, you're back again. Why? You didn't do what we showed you last time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always like equate it to like going like skydiving, you know, it's like, you're, you're a little nervous. Like, you know, you're filling out the paperwork beforehand. It's like, you know, you want to make sure that you do it in a proper way and, you know, and then you get, you, you jump out and it's like, once you jump out, you know, you get that direct experience that you can't possibly explain to somebody else. You know, you can't say like, you know, like you, you just explained it now and I know what you mean because I've had that experience too, but it's one of the rare things in, in our, in our world where it's like, you really need to have the the direct experience of that um, to really understand what it means because it's not it's almost like it doesn't communicate to you in a way where it's like this is love like this is God this is understanding it's like no it's just a feeling where like everything makes sense kind of and like you kind of get it you know and then yeah it's um it's it's pretty powerful stuff I mean I I definitely think that a lot of kind of like the chaos maybe that we're experiencing in this time is because, you know, for thousands of years, humans have used substances to have altered states of consciousness. And we kind of like have severed our connection with that. And when you see like, you know, look at the news or look at Twitter, it's just like, you know, we've gone mad. Like people have just gone completely mad. And I think there's the, for me, the, the greatest benefit is that inward, you know, that looking inward you know, and that kind of figuring things out. And like you said, like when you see everything, you just take it for granted. But when you're on, when you have an altered uh, experience, altered state of consciousness, you really understand like the power and magnitude of like everything that's in our world that's been created, that we're creating. It's very powerful, I think, for people to have. And, you know, for people have, have done all sorts of things, whether it's breathing techniques or submerging yourself in cold water or, you know, meditation, yoga. So, yeah, your your um your latest one was pretty cool how you talked about like you had you had a vision of yourself in your video where you talked about your psychedelic experience. You had a vision of yourself in the future and it was not something that you wanted to see. It was like kind of fearful, right? Yeah, so it was the same idea from this future authoring program where you see yourself in the future of what it would be like if all your bad habits got worse and that that's exactly what i saw and it was very very much disturbing it was intense right you felt it you kind of lived it a little bit like was it it was like a total immersive experience right oh yeah yeah it was uh like it was an incredible experience a very powerful experience but also yeah one of the scariest experiences i've ever had and uh yeah that's what that's why it's something i don't do very often but say with I can have just as deep experiences with uh, lucid dreaming, which it's something. So again, with with marijuana, when I'd have it quite often, I just wouldn't be able to remember my dreams or just barely. Where when I don't, it's it's as if every time 
so when I was in my heavy use of marijuana, when I'd be able to stop for a week and then have a lucid dream, every time that happens, you think, oh, like, why am I not remembering this? Like if people who, if you realize you could have a better experience from lucid dreaming where it lasts longer, you can, there's more that you can open up to. So that's another thing. If there's anyone who is looking to stop smoking marijuana, just know that if it will increase your ability to have lucid dreams and that in a lucid dream, you can smoke marijuana if you want. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can do it in the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, may, yeah, that's that's true. Um well yeah, we're he- we're heading up uh we're a little bit over an hour. I I mean, I thank you for your time. Thanks for thanks for being on. I mean, it was a pleasure to speak with you. What um what what other like things you have like lined up? What's in the works? What are your what are some of your next uh challenges that you'll be taking on? Can you give us a little uh sneak peek, I guess? Yeah, so for for the videos that are coming up, it's uh <laughs> recently I've Rather than working towards goals, I've, I'm trying to implement just ma- putting the focus on on uh, systems of things that I would like to do every day because I found that when I haven't made progress towards a goal, that's where I get frustrated and sort of have a little give up and get back to my old ways of doing things. So I'm going to be doing that for a while and coming up early next year, I'll be going back to Tonga for a month. So uh, I'll have a lot of interesting videos i can share from there and from there if i continue to sort myself out and get to uh the position i'd like to be in then i can see i initially had this idea of like where i used to be the social justice warrior i wanted to make videos of like lots of things that you see on on youtube of people trying to show social justice warriors trying to give them that red pill moment i i sort of avoided that because i realized well if i don't have a clean room who am i to be giving advice to people so but if i do get to that point then i'd like to uh try to make some videos like that cool man yeah that's awesome i i I have a lot of respect for you for doing that because it's kind of like you like a lot of people don't do that you know a lot of people just get on there and they're like this is what i'm doing whatever here's my opinion so i i that's that's pretty cool that you're taking you know you're taking yourself into account first cleaning your room and then and then you know getting to that point yeah i'm looking forward to that man i wish you the best of luck you you're going in um in january you said or, or like in the beginning of the year to tonga yeah prob- probably in february i'll be going february cool cool and for and you're going for a month you said right yeah. It's good to get away, you know. It's good to get away, get get somewhere else, new location, you know, reinvigorating. Definitely travel is uh, you know, I I love I love traveling, so I might be going to Peru around that time, so. Oh, yeah, I'd love to visit there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an amazing place, you know. People are great and just good culture. Um, well, all right, great. Yeah. And, and people can go and, and find you at uh, sorting myself out, right? That's uh, that's your, the name of your YouTube channel. And uh, you have Instagram, right? As well, you, you do uh, some Instagram videos, or yeah, I've, I've sort of avoided doing that. I, sh- I should get back. Uh, I also I have a Twitter. Well, excuse, is... yeah, sorry. You you can yeah you can tell people where they can find you. Yeah. And, oh, and just Twitter. I'm I'm trying to get more into it. Trying to work my way in, but on there, I'm I'm known as Porton B. Jeterson. <laughs> So Jordan B. Peterson, except with the J and the P, switched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're 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 his uh, like alternate side. Uh, 
You're yeah. the, you're, it's it's really fucking cool to see because I know you talk to him too. It's just so uh, he must have been pretty pretty impressed that like someone's really taking his teachings and putting it into practice. So um, that's that's pretty cool, man. Um, thank, thanks for taking the time again. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and and let's stay in touch. You know, I I, I wish you the best of luck, and looking forward to more videos and uh, and, and and more of that stuff. If you're ever in New York, you know, give me a holler. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All right. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace.